0: This recording has been produced by Christchurch Jerusalem. For more information, visit us at cmj-israel.org.
1: Hey brothers and sisters, we are gathering again to study the, uh, the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Let's find out what the, what the Holy Spirit seeks to do uh, amongst His people through the sacred history of the book of Acts by Luke. We're up to Acts chapter 13. It's a long chapter and we're not going to be able to finish at all. Um, and we will begin uh, in prayer. Is there a volunteer who would like to pray for us as we gather all we'll start? Yeah?
2: Heavenly Father, we bless your name. We thank you that we can again gather around this table, Lord God, to hear your word taught to us. And, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit who does reveal things to us. And we do pray that tonight will be a special night as you reveal... Something to which one of us, Lord God, about what you have to say to the to the early believers, Lord God, and, and now what you have to say to us right now. We thank well, you yeah, again that we can be here it's and it's so our He brings it to us. We thank we'll pray in the name
1: Amen. All right. So, from the handout, I'm going to just read the uh, notes from our study last week in Acts 12. So, Acts 11 gives us the uh, success of the Church of Antioch uh, and the first community that actually is mixed of Jews and Gentiles, yes? And it wasn't started by Paul, but by nameless apostles, okay? So following the, the, the various success of the growth of the early church or the Jesus movement, um, we call it the early church, but that really is uh, Ecclesia, Kehelah community. Um, some people sometimes just call it the Jesus movement and sort of formed a hierarchical structure yet. Following the success, persecution again breaks out. This time enacted under the king Herod Agrippa, who ruled from 41 to 44. Notice he is called a king and not a tetrarch in the effect that uh, Roman rule here as uh, um, as proconsuls had, um, had, uh, had stopped and actually... Um, had, and Judea, the kingdom of Judea, had become a client kingdom of Rome and they actually had kings. So we're back to having kings again. Um, Herod finds it politically popular with the temple elite to persecute the believers. At this stage the opposition to the Messianic movement is from within the Jewish community. Right? You know, the, the Messianic movement is started by Jews and is also opposed by Jews. We haven't yet got state-sponsored persecution from the Romans. will come later. We'll burn some Christians and throw them to the lions, but that will come later. James, the first of the apostles, is martyred, and Peter is imprisoned. Barnabas and Saul, who have been sent to Jerusalem with gifts for the poor, are not mentioned. Alright, so... James is the first of the apostles to be martyred. Peter is thrown into prison. Barnabas and Saul at the end of Acts 11 have been sent to Jerusalem with gifts for the poor. Okay. Why are they doing that? Um, because they were commissioned to do so and in response to a prophecy. Right? Uh, they are not mentioned uh, in this chapter except right at the end. And they are not part of uh, as obvious targets of the persecution. Although it's not mentioned. Why? The leadership of the church in Jerusalem is also not mentioned. No one knows who the boss is. Okay? The believers pray in earnest for Peter. Luke, who wrote the Gospel and Acts, uses the same word that describes Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane. Right? And this is a fervent prayer, uh, a steadfast prayer. You know, the prayer that um, is so intense, you know, it, it changes your body uh, physiologically. So here we see prison versus prayer. And we had a discussion on praying earnestly. Sometimes when we pray for people, we want God to care uh, more than we do about certain issues. Right? You know, so this idea of praying earnestly, yet sometimes when people come up for prayer, we pray for them, but we really kind of expect God to care more about the person than we do, which is interesting. Perhaps the reason is the reason why some of our prayers are ineffective. Okay. The threat against Peter is indeed real. The unique immunity previously enjoyed by the apostles has departed with the death of James. Right? Until then, every time they were thrown in prison, what happened? They got out. <laughs> and uh, when the persecution breaks out, the text deliberately says that the apostles were immune. Nothing happened to them. And you go, hmm, but not now. Now, once you get to this stage of, of, of the game, we kill one. And it seems that um, their special protection is, is over. Uh, the angel of the Lord secures the release of Peter, who appears unanxious nor concerned while thinking this is a vision, which he has actually experienced before. So he just thinks, oh, we're having another one of these vision sequences. Yes, cool. I'll just run with it. And suddenly he d- discovers he's actually outside the prison. <laughs> so, note, James was martyred and Peter is rescued why we don't know right you know you're in the same chapter one hero dies this is one of the guys one of the big three peter james and john up there on the mount of transfiguration one of the inner circle one dies one gets saved text doesn't say why doesn't even ask the theological question what's going on just 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 this is remember the the book of acts is sacred history it's just a history it's a very holy history, mm-hmm. but it's not a theological text. Okay? It has some theology in it and creates theological questions, but we have to be very careful what, what it is we're asking, why we're asking them, and, and then acknowledge the fact that more times than not, our conclusion is going to be, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But it is true. James is martyred, Peter is set free, and, what, and, and the odd thing is that still happens today. Does it not? Some people get healed and others die of cancer. Some people smoke all their life and the other ones will be dead by 21. And you go... Mm-hmm. it just... It's what happens. Once free, Peter goes to where he knows there are believers. He, he, the believing community uh, meets in the temple when they were got such large numbers of several thousands. But then, during the week, they're spread out. In this case... It's the house of Mary, who's the mother of, of John Mark, and the aunt of Barnabas. Okay? This is actually a um, uh, family relation. So guess who may actually be in the room? Barnabas. <laughs> okay, Remember, Saul and Barnabas have actually showed up with the money from, from, the, from, from Antioch. That's what happened at the end of Acts 11. But we don't hear about them. They're not, they're not part of the, this, this story. So, Yes, that's exactly right. But if they, were
2: together.
1: they were together so Saul, Saul's there, there as well they are wealthy enough to have servants so whoever this lady is okay, she's not poor and uh, despite the community in passionate prayer for Peter they don't believe in the miracle that he was actually now free and at the door okay? so the Jewish tradition is that everyone has an angel who takes on the likeness and characteristics of the person they are assigned to and so we, we discuss that last week, where um, sometimes when someone dies or has a horrific accident, loved ones have vision experiences of their loved one. They'll go, hey, you know, granddad appeared in my room last night. Is it granddad okay? So they phone the hospital. No, granddad's dead. So who was there? Right? It's, this, this sort of very, it's a Jewish tradition that everyone has an angel assigned to them, and over time that angel begins to look like you, talk like you, act like you, and, and behave like you.
2: One question, is an angel assigned to every human being, or just believers?
1: That's a good question so in the jewish tradition when moses comes uh, when moses Moses goes up onto mount Sinai, god comes down okay yeah so when god comes down he doesn't come alone he comes with six hundred thousand angels that's the tradition um it's in a midrash somewhere that's right so why does is the number six hundred thousand chosen because there were six hundred thousand men that came out of egypt so each each israelite got his angel however
3: but the, what about the women and children? Yes, I know. know yeah, them. But, uh, yeah, 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 But here it's only six hundred thousand. Sorry,
1: ladies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The man is covenant for. But me. But yeah, 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 yeah. Let's yeah. go with that. And and you're saved through childbirth. Woo-hoo! Okay, let's try, let's get let's not talk about that one. Okay, because <laughs> okay. I'm I i do not know the answer. So, um, when having an angel guard you doesn't stop them from doing the sin of the golden cow, does it? Uh, um, and doesn't stop that entire generation dying in the wilderness. So. On one hand you say oh it's great to have an angel it's fantastic on the other hand you go well, what good are they <laughs> I mean, like, yeah they're not stopping us from sinning they're not protecting me from jumping in front of a bus off a cliff or you know getting into bad situations you know um, so what do they do oh,
2: but we have free
1: will? yes so then the next question again what is his job then if you've got absolute total free will okay great good so what's his job then just to watch you have your free will mm-hmm.
2: To look after you when you're doing obeying God's law.
1: Possible. you, know, you
2: speed in a car, right? Yeah.
1: drops off when you break the speed limit. Is that what he does? Okay. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is not the way. Yeah, they sometimes they whisper, yeah. Walk ye, walk ye in it. Ye in it. Um, we, we, we honestly don't know. There's no text in any of our literature, and neither in any other denomination's Bible. Right? The Armenians haven't got it, the Egyptians haven't got it, and no one else has a text that says this is what angels do. Is we just we just don't do They do stuff, but we're not 100% sure. Anyway, the, there is in a Jewish tradition the idea that, that that everyone has their personal angel, which looks like them. So the believers now think that Peter's actually died, and his angels here. That's terrible. Okay, things obviously prayer hasn't worked. Peter reveals it's him. Okay, it's not an angel, and he instructs that James be informed. Why? Perhaps because he has actually become the leader of the community in Jerusalem by this stage. Okay, and this is like the first hint. Peter's out of prison. Quick, Jan, go tell James. Why is Peter not the boss? He was at the start. What happened to him? Did he? Did people check out his resume and discover some holes in his? Uh, <laughs> the, um, the 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 one of the more obvious signs is after Acts five and the death of Ananias and Sapphira at the hands of Peter then that caused a problem in the community. And you see Peter, after that, always actually being away. He's in Joppa, he's actually in Samaria, he's you know, not hanging around in Jerusalem anymore. Why not? Because he's got a mark against his name, right? People walked into his room, and then they died.
3: <laughs>
1: so, no one else was there. Yeah, sure, it was the Holy Spirit, Peter. Whatever you say, mate. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. But Peter wants to have a talk with me. I don't want to go. <laughs> how do I How do I? Look, that's right, yeah. So here we go. Um, uh, Peter then goes to another place, unnamed. Right? He's now free. And the text just says he now goes to another place. He doesn't stay in the house of Mary, unnamed where he goes, and he disappears from the text of sacred history. We're going to meet him very briefly in Acts 15, but he's going to have nothing else to do. We hear very little about him again. He has just been freed. So there must be a reason, though we are never told or what that reason is. Okay? We, we have no clue what mission Peter now has. If it was so important for God to save Peter and not James, Peter must have done something. And if that's true, why are we not told it? Short answer, we don't need to know. Yes. Yes. Do we have to kill him and build the basilica in Rome? Okay, that's we have to do that. Okay. So we have nice, nice building to go to two thousand years later. Okay. And maybe that's it. Maybe the the angels like, come on, get out. We want to do some tourism in Rome. (laughs) It might
2: have something to do with the argument
3: that yeah, we
1: don't know. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna hear uh, stories about him of stuff that he does. I mean, he shows up in Corinth, he's in Rome, you know, um, uh, he writes two epistles. Uh, anyway, this, like, he
2: wrote the epistles after this, this occasion, right? Correct.
1: Yeah, he hasn't written anything yet. No, no one's written anything yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe Luke has done the gospel already. Right? It's very possible because actually um, we're going to see Paul uh, quote a bit of it. Uh, even though well, it's not really a direct quote but it's obviously the, he's he's heard an oral thing he doesn't he doesn't do chapter verse okay because remember the new testament has, a, has doesn't quote gospels right and they don't quote jesus like once you get into paul he doesn't say you know jesus said this he's, he's, there's a lot of i say this right yeah in, in 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 paul and peter and and in james and john and hebrews hebrews quotes they all quote old testament
0: yeah right is... all of them but what percentage?
1: and they all is quote different. greek bible mm-hmm. every quote in the new testament is greek Septuagint. it's it's, it's not hebrew masoretic text okay which is also interesting we know they had access to the hebrew masoretic text we know jesus is reading hebrew masoretic text but when we get into the apostles and the disciples that's not the bible they're quoting they so quote the Greek.
0: They were to the
1: Gentiles. Gentiles. Mixed communities, mm-hmm. and the majority, Perhaps the, the major, okay. yes, the majority of the Jewish world did not read Hebrew Bible
3: mm-hmm.
1: at the time of Jesus. The majority of the of the Jewish world actually wrote, read Greek Bible. Aramaic was a big player, particularly in the East, right? Because um, we had Aramaic translations first, but then later we have Hebrew, uh, we have Greek version, and the, the Greek, Greek version Bible. was the most popular. It's also the biggest, it's got more books in it, and all those books have extra chapters. Right, so there's lots more detail. Um, and, 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 so, and they're preserving a lot of stuff. Like, um, how do you know any information about Hanukkah? If you don't read Maccabees. If you don't read the Maccabees, you've got no information about Hanukkah. The Talmud has about one paragraph on it. Okay, and when you read the, the Jewish prayer book, the prayer for Chanukah is about six lines, okay? Yeah, in the Siddur, there's very little stuff. It just says, oh, we'd like to thank you for the miracles that you've done for us and our forefathers and brought us this season. Amen. Like, cool, doesn't, mean the, doesn't mention the Greeks, doesn't mention the time period, doesn't mention the dedication to the temple, doesn't mention oil, you know, nothing. But, uh, but here, but so, so it's, Greek seems to be the, the big one for the world, and it seemed to be the obvious choice. It's like today, when we write commentaries, we all quote English, right? The internet is English. It's just a, just a fact of life. So anyway, so after having done this, Peter fades from, from view. We have no idea why he's rescued. It's a great story, but we have not a clue why it's actually in our sacred history. Acts would be just fine without this story. It is a great story, but it wouldn't change the, the, the message of Acts at all. No. Like, it's not a pivotal story where you go, Oh my gosh, you know, if we don't have Peter in prison and then getting out according to an angel well, and, and killing all the 16 of the guards, and, and you know, the Bible's just not true. You know, it's, that's, that's not there. It, it, yeah, it, it adds something, and for whatever reason, okay, Luke felt it very important to, to put it in there, particularly... If he was there, because according uh, according to um, Western tradition, he doesn't show up until Acts 16, but according to the Eastern tradition, the Orthodox, he's already there in Acts 11. Right? Why? Because he's from Antioch. So he he once 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 he's part of that community that's there in Antioch. In fact, according to the Greek Orthodox, he's one of Jesus' seventy disciples. So he's right there at the early movement. And so he's in Antioch. He's, he's, he thinks Paul and Barnabas are just the best things since sliced bread. He, he follows along with them and he starts uh, recording all the stuff that he sees. And in which case, if Paul and Barnabas and Luke are actually in that house, because it's you know, Barnabas's aunt, Luke knows that, hey, Peter showed up. It was absolutely amazing. And we all thought he was dead and his angel. And so he puts it into the story. As opposed to, I heard a rumour. Don't know why, but I'm going to just shove it in. Anyway, the next thing that we hear about is a is actually a piece of history that is Herod Agrippa has a death scene. Okay, so he started the protagonist started the the, the chapter with let's let's crush the Jews the, the Jesus movement. And then the end of the story is, well, let's, let's kill this guy. Okay? So here's a, which, and so what we did last week is we compared the Acts account to the more detailed Josephus account. So the death of King Herod Agrippa is actually recorded in much more detail by the historian Josephus. Love. you know where Josephus? Uh, Yes. Um, I Yes. I, I did have it printed out, but I can find it for you. Okay. Kings always think they have the upper hand. Yes, anyone in a powerful position thinks that they're in a powerful position. And uh, the reality is that Herod dies when the church grows. right? And that story has played out all throughout history. And um, fighting against God simply does not work. And uh, it doesn't matter who you are, whether you are the Chinese government, whether you are the fascist dictator of Turkey, it doesn't matter what you try and do, you will not stop the church. All you will do is make it grow faster. If you actually want to stop the church, at this point Satan should stop listening, you want to make uh, your country really wealthy. And you want to have total freedom, and you want to. Oh, I'm talking about America here. And uh, <laughs> hey, hey, sorry, yeah. hey, 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 hey. Well, and or Australia, a bunch of pagans down there. Like, yeah, send send missionaries happy. now, please. <laughs> sorry, okay. It's uh, uh, really bad. It's bad down there. Um, but yeah, but if you just just leave the church alone, and it'll slow down. Okay, but uh, push it push it to a wall, and it'll grow fast. And uh, you see that also here as well. So. The reality is Herod dies, church grows. Fighting against God simply does not work. Now, Barnabas and Saul finally arrive. Now, note the word order so far of these two men. So far, it has always been Barnabas and Saul. Barnabas is always first and gets and but they finally get a mention at the end. They have completed their mission and they return to Antioch, which is their station. Right? They're not. In charge of the church in in in, uh, in Jerusalem, they work for Jerusalem. Okay, Saul Saul's working for Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit gets no mention throughout that entire chapter, even though he has been a big player up until up until uh, now, and he's going to have a lot more in Acts 13. But for some reason, for Acts 12, this little story, not one bit of no mention of the Holy Spirit. Angels are the agents of communication. It's an angel of the Lord that goes and frees um, uh, Peter and speaks. It's an angel of the Lord that gives direction and sends. Um, for some reason, um, the Holy Spirit doesn't do it. But now we're going to change chapter, and suddenly, no angels, and it's all back to the Holy Spirit. I wonder why that is. Conclusion: We don't, we don't know. know. Oh, no. <laughs> so a, we don't. We cannot. We cannot guess what God is doing. It would be nice to have an angelic visitor come and talk to us. I'm sure we'd all love it. We'll have a vision sequence. And, it's, and it would be fantastic for the Holy Spirit to really prompt you and talk to you audibly. But for some believers that is what they get and other believers it's something else. And, and what we shouldn't do is we shouldn't sort of play favourites or I mean I'm sure Peter didn't say, oh an angel i prefer to have the Holy Spirit talk to me actually. In fact, I've got the Holy Spirit, so why aren't you talking to me? They're all believers. They've all got the Holy Spirit, but he's not talking to them. Okay. All right, so now let's uh, tackle Acts 13. It is a big chapter. We will not get through it all. So we will do our best to... um, Let's read the first 41 verses, which is going to be um, sort of a long, long monologue there by Paul in one of his first big... Big uh, teaching sessions in a single. All right. So the way we do it is uh, we just read one verse at a time, going around. It does not matter the version or uh, language of the Bible. Okay. So. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets <coughs> and teachers: <coughs> Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, uh, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul.
0: While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, "Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them."
2: Então, jejuando e orando e pondo sobre eles as mãos, os despediram. Portuguese. Oh,
0: hey! I should read in Chinese. There. All right. <laughs> oh. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to, how do you say the word? Salusia, Salusia. Salusia. And from there, they sailed to Cyprus. (coughs) When when they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of the Lord in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. When they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named
2: uh, Jesus. He attached himself to the governor, Sergius <coughs> Paulus, who was an intelligent man. Now the governor had called for Barnabas and Saul and was anxious to hear the message about God. But the
3: Zauberer,
0: so that
2: the name was <coughs> he Then Saul who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy spirit, looked at the and said, O you full of all deceit and trickery, son of the devil, enemy of all righteousness, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord?
0: And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and unable to see for such a time. Immediately, mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord.
1: From Paphos, (coughs) Paul and his companions sailed to Perga and Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem.
0: But they went on from Perga and came to Antioch in, in Pisidia. And on the sabbath day they went into the synagogue and sat down.
2: E depois da missão da lei dos profetas, lhe chamaram dizendo os principais da sinagoga: Varão, irmão, se tens alguma palavra de consolação para o povo, falai.
0: Then Paul stood up and mentioning with his hands, men of Israel, and you who fear God, listen. The Lord are uh, the God of this people Israel chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with uplifted arm, he led them out of it. And for about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness.
2: And after he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave the land to his people as an inheritance. For
3: etwa 450 Jahre danach hat er ihnen Richter gegeben bis zum Propheten Samuel.
2: Then the people asked for a king, and he gave them Saul, son of Kish, of the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled for 40 years. After removing him, he raised up David to be their king. He also testified about him and said, I I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do my will.
0: Of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a saviour, Jesus, as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all of the people of Israel.
1: John was completing his work, said, Who do you think I am? I am not that one. No, but he is coming after me, who sandals I am not worthy to untie.
0: Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, To us has been sent the message of this
3: salvation.
2: Por não terem conhecido a este, os que habitavam Jerusalém e os seus príncipes, condenaram-no, cumprindo assim as vozes dos profetas que se lêem todos os sábados.
0: And though they found no cause for death in him, they asked Pilate, that he should be put to death, 49. And when they had carried out all that was written, of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tub in a tomb but God raised him from the dead
2: he appeared for many days uh, to those who had come up with him from the galil to Jerusalem and they are now his witnesses to the and now his witnesses to the people We tell you the the good news. What God promised promised our fathers. For God has fulfilled this promise to the children, to us, by raising up Yeshua, as it is also written in the second Psalm. You are my son. Today I have become your father.
0: And as for the fact that he raised him from the dead, No more to return to corruption, he has spoken in this way. I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Mm -hmm. So it is also stated elsewhere, you will not let your Holy One see decay.
1: For when David had served God's purpose, in his own generation he fell asleep. He was buried with his fathers and his body decayed.
3: But
0: he whom God raised up did not see corruption.
2: Seja-vos, pois, notório, varões e irmãs, que por este se vos anuncia a remissão dos pecados.
0: And by him everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest what he said in the, pro- in the prophets should come about look you scoffers, be astounded and perish, for I am doing the work in your days, a work that you will not believe, even if one tells of you.
2: As they left, the people invited Saul and Barnabas to tell them more about these
1: matters the following Shabbat. Okay, so that was the whole big speech. Alright, so out of that surface reading, is there anything there that jumps out to you, something you always notice? Something you notice four, um... <coughs>
2: <laughs> now the leaders are being sent they're being sent out from Antioch, yeah. not from Jerusalem. Uh, yes, yeah,
1: the, uh, the, uh, the the people, the poor. Yeah, the poor. yeah what's Jerusalem doing? <coughs> mm, we don't. What was that question? What's Jerusalem doing?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What's the, this, the, the, the the next part of the Acts takes off and we go wow we hear all these wonderful things about what Antioch has done. And so you can see that in the orthodox communities, which is one of the big cities that, that they have in the history of the church? Antioch. And, and why do they venerate Antioch? Because they say that's where it started. But yet they know that the church started in Jerusalem. But then Jerusalem stopped. Right? What, what, was it persecution? What was it, you know? Um, we, we, go, we go back to Jerusalem for Acts 15. Yes, it's very important. Um, but what you tend to find is, is, is uh, where's the, the missionary push? It's Antioch. Like, where's the missionary push in today's world? Who's the country sending out most missionaries?
0: China, Korea. Definitely not
1: Europe. It's definitely not Europe. But 200 years ago, it was. It was. Right. And so you see, as you go through history, there are these yeah. little periods where, you know, um, England was the shining light. Of world Christianity right they were keeping pure they were were cleaning up morality they were sending out missionaries all over the place okay prior to England who was sending the gospel Jesuits as much as everybody likes to you know poke at them, they are the ones that took the gospel. No one else was doing it. They went to the place. They built hospitals. They built schools. They built churches. Their missionaries got eaten by pygmies. Okay, um, it's true. It? We have them in Brazil and Argentina. And so, pygmies yeah. or Jesuits? We oh, okay. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, we have pygmy Jesuits. Okay, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, Jerusalem
2: might Possible. Persecution.
1: it's possible it's possible that the, the persecution that we saw in, in 12 actually became quite effective, not sure Shut
2: <clears throat>
1: them down. or they've actually got an internal problem still and what's going to be the internal problem of Acts 15
3: circumcision no. party
1: which they thought they had defeated in Acts 11 which they do not mm-hmm. and what's Antioch got going for it, it's a mix yeah. It's already a mix of, of Jews and Gentiles. They've already figured out how to do the Jew Gentile thing and put it into practice, and they've got it really going quite well. Jerusalem, once, once Paul and Peter leave, well, it raises its little head, and, and then do we go tell the Gentiles about Yeshua? No. So they end up forbidding the, the mission, which is a shame. Right? And, today,
0: today, do they have much mix? of you know Misan Jews and Gentiles Gentiles yes absolutely
1: most, most congregations are, are are a good mix of, of uh, Gentiles Very much so. uh, there are a few that worship and do everything only in Hebrew with no translation which means that those communities have a tendency to be m- more uh, Jewish um, and there's reasons for that I might not think it's a good one but there are reasons for that, as to why they do that. Um it, it depends on.
0: But in Christchurch, you don't have the Messianic Jews coming
1: here, right? We there's a, no. there's a Messianic congregation yes. on Shabbat, yes. and it's, a, it's the biggest yes. of the congregations.
0: Do they didn't mix together with you? What I'm saying, I mean, they, since they are on, yes. Together,
1: if we joined together, the building wouldn't support our yes. sizes very happy to yeah. Do. yeah so Sunday's always full not always but mainly and their congregation always full yes. there's no no room so we get together on um, festivals so Passover yeah Sukkot yes. and things uh, we'll do uh, functions together Easter Sunday mm-hmm. okay Resurrection Sunday is you'll always find the Messianics there as well and it'll be both a Hebrew English service so um, which is always a delight anyone's around in town
3: yeah.
1: So let's have a look now at the text to see what was so good about our little friend Zem in there in, in Antioch. In the church at Antioch, uh, verse 1, there were prophets and teachers. There were probably other professions as well, but for some reason it decides to focus on these two groups. So there were prophets and there were teachers. What does that tell us about the world of the Second Temple period? Think about what that sentence just said.
2: The prophets had changed their... the, uh, the description what they did?
1: That's a good question. Mm-hmm. There were prophets.
2: Mm-hmm. Multiple.
1: Yeah. So first of all, the first conclusion we have to come to is prophecy did not die. There is this thing that we think that prophecy ceased. You know, once we get to Malachi... You know, there's 400 years between Malachi and Matthew, and you know, nothing's going on, and uh, it's just a desert out there, and then, thanks be to God, Jesus shows up. Um, but that's actually not true. I mean, Jesus did show up, but the other bit's not true. The, uh, it, it's not a, a wasteland. In fact, it's a thriving uh, literary environment. Lots of books are written, more Maccabees. than we. Maccabees are there, Enoch's there, Jubilees is there, Adam and Eve is there, I mean, the, all different types of, uh, of material. And there are prophets. Because when, when Mary and Joseph take Jesus into the temple, who, who blesses Jesus when he's eight days old? And Anna and they are prophets. And so even women were prophets in a temple. Now, isn't that interesting? Okay, so here we have, it doesn't say their gender, just a just a name. So prophets, and we can assume that there's going to be males and females doing this. Why? Because the prophet Joel had said that the Spirit of the Lord is going to be poured out upon all flesh and everyone will prophesy. Okay, so this. However, you're right, Jim. The role of the prophet is different. He is no longer literary. They're not writing stuff Mm -hmm. so there is a difference between a literary prophet and a social prophet a prophet who does something but does not write the next question we have to ask and it's a question you're not going to be able to answer but you do need to have it discussed if there is a prophet who speaks the word of the lord what is the weight of that prophecy against the literary text. If a prophet speaks, does it have the same weight as the Bible? If the answer is yes, it means we should probably write down what they say and turn it into the Bible. So it has a different weight. And so sometimes and this is one of the one of the issues that we face in our church today when someone says, I have a word from the Lord. It says, Good, I've actually got the word of the Lord. So um, let's let's work out which one's weightier, shall we? And some of us are concentrating too much on, I think, the wrong weight. I'm not saying the other weight's bad, I'm saying it's not as good. So that but there are that they do exist. To deny that they exist It's to deny what's written in your Bible. Okay? So here we have some prophets. They exist. What did they do? We don't know. It would have been really nice if chapter 12 had kind of skipped the whole Peter getting out of prison stuff and said, This is what prophets do. We would have gone, thank you very much. Okay? And they do this, this is how you identify a false one, this is how you identify a true one, this is how you, you know, what you do and what they should say. Oh, good. Yeah, that's right. That's right.
2: Leadership has to judge it though, to make sure that it's in line with the written
1: word. Yes, I would agree with you too. But unfortunately, we don't have a a, a, a text that says this is how you, you do it. And, right? Like elders. Yeah. Have the prophets. Right. We don't have that. You know. Yeah. Paul says. You know, when you're choosing your leaders, do this. But he doesn't say. And when you when you're trying to find a prophet, look for the following characteristics. Okay you know, uh, they're poor, they're, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they they, they walk, yes, the yeah, yes. right, Yeah. if it's a true, true
2: word from the Lord, from the Lord. yes, yeah. and
1: if it's not like, yeah. Moses' time, they they do I get, get a stone, and <laughs> <or>, uh, <yeah. laughs> do a bit of, <laughs> do a bit of baseball practice, okay, but they've got, they've got prophets and teachers, now, then they give us a list of names, so we can assume that these guys hold some of these positions. Okay? So first of all, Barnabas, Barnabas is there, Barnabas is a Levite, I'm not sure what his position was, was he a prophet, was he a teacher, was he a bit of both. Okay? Barnabas' name is Aramaic, okay? Aramaic name. He's got a Hebrew name, what's his Hebrew name? Yosef, okay? he's Joseph the Levite from Cyprus. But, he, but, but everyone calls him Barnabas,
3: right?
1: Which is an Aramaic name. Next one: Simeon. Shimon, called Niger.? Right? So Simeon or is what language? Hebrew. Hebrew. And it's named after one of the Maccabean heroes. Okay, right? Yep. And why is he called Niger? Yep, he was probably African. Okay, Because remember, the, um, the, the, the word of God and, and Judaism had gone down to Africa. And it wasn't just Ethiopians that had now become Jews. There were other colors there. Lucius of Cyrene. Lucius is what language?
3: Forever. Latin.
1: So suddenly we've got uh, very interesting heroes there and they're all different. Right? And he's from Libya too. He's from Libya, yeah. And uh, he could have been one of the guys, remember, it, it says people from Cyrene and Cyprus came to uh, start the church in Antioch. It could be these guys, okay, Lucius and Simeon, and the next guy, uh, Manachem, uh, was could have been there. Manachem, Manan, Manachem is also a Hebrew name, and he was actually uh, brought up with Herod, and uh, his background is the sons of Herod were, were sent to Rome. And oddly enough, this guy was a boyhood friend and he was there too. And so one Herod went, went bad and became a despotic king and tried to kill people. And the other uh, one who got, received the exact same education uh, ended up becoming a hero of Antioch. Isn't that one interesting? Okay, So two people, two young boys, get exactly the same chance. And one goes one way, one goes the other. Okay. Uh, which is an interesting little thing that they put in. And Saul. Notice his name still. Yeah. It's Hebrew. Okay, and it's still Saul. Still okay. Alright, so. While they were worshipping the Lord. Okay, so they're worshipping the Lord. And uh, they're fasting. Oh, uh, by the way. Simeon. Simon of Cyrene. What did he do? That was famous in the Bible. Yep. So why did the Romans pick that man out of the crowd? Black guy. Yeah, probably. So you know, they're, you know, what size are Jews? Okay, so the Romans are going, oh, this man can't carry his cross, who's gonna do it for him? And there's this Hulk sort of standing there, and they go, you. <laughs> and so you're like, what, what did I do, okay? Or uh, well, you just why got born, he... you got born big. All right, so yeah, it could be that, um, that he actually has the physique. All right, and, and, and so after carrying Yeshua's cross, he ends up getting, getting in, mm-hmm. and then he ends up becoming one of the heroes. Okay, he's actually one of the teachers, or perhaps one of the prophets. Okay, we're not sure what his job description is, but he's there. He made the book, he made the book. he's Nigerian, yeah, yeah, Nigerian guy. Okay, or at least some part of Africa that they decided to, to name as as that. Okay, which I think is great. All right. Yeah. But you know, you never see that in the movie, do you? You never see the big black guy carrying Jesus's cross, do you? But wouldn't that make art different? <laughs> okay. So while they are worshiping the Lord, okay, they're worshiping the Lord, and what else are they doing? Fasting. All right. Um, The Holy Spirit said, so while they were worshipping the Lord, uh, does anyone have any different other trans, translations there? For verse
3: 3, verse 2. Verse 2. just says,
1: serving the Lord. They're serving the Lord. So how are they serving the Lord? The, the Greek is, min, is they're ministering to the Lord. Mm-hmm. How do you minister to the Lord? Worship is one, prayer and, fast. prayer and fast. Some other. How else do you minister to the Lord? Serving
2: the poor.
1: Correct. You serve each other. yeah So they are ministering to the Lord. They are worshiping the Lord. They're also fasting. But it's also the Greek also implies that they're, that they're also ministering to each other. Okay. And in that doing, in that in that assisting and assisting each other, they're also in a way worshiping the Lord. The Lord is being honoured. Um, so, if that's true, how should what should our attitude be to each other? The same. We should minister to each other, and by doing that, you will also be ministering to the Lord. Right? He who lends to the, to the poor lends to the Lord. Okay? Yep. But look after the household of faith. But they're also fasting. So that when you know the early church, early believers, had a, had, a, had a fasting was a very big deal as part of their community. In fact, when we when we read the early church documents, when they're describing themselves, like in the Didache, how many days a week did they fast? Two. Correct. And where did they get that idea from?
3: Judaism.
1: Yes, because Jewish people fasted two days a week. Mm-hmm. Judaism already had an inbuilt um, self-control mechanism. Okay, because remember, one of the seven deadly sins is gluttony. Yes, and you can see that as our cultures get richer and richer and richer, what happens to our body shape? Yes. It doesn't improve. <laughs> okay, and uh, and so within Judaism, there was a reaction that says, "Wow, you know, it doesn't actually say in the Bible you should. You are commanded to fast. So okay, well, it does on Yom Kippur, but." On a a regular appeal, no. But it becomes part of the religious practice of the Jewish people. This is one way we will deny ourselves. This is one way we will we will keep back uh, uh, the flesh. This is one way we will exercise spiritual control by having physical control. They actually linked the two together: discipline Discipline. and the early church, which is made up of Jews. Jews. Of course, they just they brought, and that was exactly the same practice. So they're worshipping the Lord, and by doing that, they're also fasting. So fasting is also, therefore, by definition, a form of worship. And if we thought about it that way, there's a good chance we all might do it a bit more. It's actually good for you. In fact, if REA was here, because he actually does this, he actually follows that pattern to fast several times a week. He's not quite sure where he got that from. Um, But he will tell you the health benefits of it. He really will. He's got this whole research paper on the health benefits of what what happens to you physically when you do this. Okay, It's actually a good thing, Okay, but it does represent a good form of discipline. Okay, so, while they are ministering to the Lord and to each other and while they are fasting, the Holy Spirit said, okay, so what's the question? Pretty
2: sweet.
1: How did he do it? <laughs> Did he, was it an audible voice? Was it, did he speak through one of the prophets? If so, how did they recognize that it was the Holy Spirit? It doesn't say, but we get that the sacred history says Holy Spirit speaks. And in the context, does so while they're fasting.
3: Hmm. Okay.
1: There's a lot of people who come to this country, walk into our church talk about what the Holy Spirit's been saying to them, and, and I can tell from their body shape, they've never fasted in their life. Okay, all right. An hour without food may be a fast for them. Okay, But, uh, but somehow the Holy Spirit's definitely still talking to these people. Okay? But here, the Holy Spirit says, and the Holy Spirit says something very interesting. Okay? We've listed a bunch of heroes, but now it says, set apart for who? For me. Yeah. In that instance, this is one of the first times the Holy Spirit has ever done a self-identification. Okay? Set apart for me. These are mine. The, the Father's done it. This is mine. You have become my son. You are my... These are my inheritance. This is my land. Okay? There's a lot of stuff from the Father. There's, there's Jesus who says, you know, the Father's given me everything and I'm just going to give everything back to the Father. And there's a nice little dialogue between Father, and Son. Okay, and that relationship's really good. Now you have this Holy Spirit saying, these are mine. Right? And who are they? Humans. Okay. And uh, set apart for me. And the name order again. What's the name order? Excited. Barnabas. Excited. Saul. Why, why do you think it's that name order so far?
3: Oh, well, I looked
1: ahead. Okay. Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, because
3: he's still Saul, but when he becomes
0: Paul... It's it switches,
1: yes. So, the, for some reason, you know, Barnabas was the one that took Saul and put him to Tarsus. Barnabas was the one that grabbed Saul and took him to Antioch. So, essentially, Barnabas is sort of the big cheese at the moment, mm-hmm. okay, and he's kind of... But, and, and Saul... He's kind of learning. He's taking the back step. He hasn't gone filled up into his shoes yet. But let's remember from our previous sacred history of Acts, Acts chapter 9, Jesus himself has already talked to Saul and told him exactly what he's going to do. He says, you're going to be my servant. You're going to be my witness in front of kings. You know, you're going to in front of the Gentiles. It's like. And he hasn't done it yet. But now, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit come along and says, okay, now get separate these guys for me. And it, and it uses that word, separate. What does that mean in its Jewish context? It's, yeah. Holy. Kadosh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, separate these people. And so, they're, they're not different. They are, I mean, they're different, but they're not... They're humans. They have the same value as everybody else. But there's got a particular, special task. They're to be holy. They're to be separate. They're to be sanctified. And how do they do it? Um, set apart for the work for which I have called them. Well, it was actually Jesus that actually called Paul. So there's an interesting relationship that's going on here. It's that the Spirit that speaks, that taught through Jesus in Acts chapter one, now speaks through somebody we don't know who, in some way. However, the community obviously recognises that it is from the Holy Spirit, because they don't argue, they don't have a, there's no debate. Oh my gosh, do do we really hear this? No, we want to hang on to him. Um, So after they had fasted and prayed, so again, the the prayer and fasting goes together, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Okay. So, um, what do we learn from that little bit of dialogue? About the practices of the early early believers
3: okay,
1: there's a de- there's de- this idea of laying on of hands, okay um, has a strong Jew- sorry yeah a strong Jewish connection. Um, and it stays in the church and uh, the, the idea of, of public that action of publicly uh, sending somebody out by the, the physical laying on of your of your hands we've seen it in um uh in luke 4 jesus does it to do some healing okay we've seen it in uh luke in sorry acts 8 where you you actually to get the holy spirit right one of the ways to get the holy spirit is to get baptized one of the ways to get the holy spirit is just to get the holy spirit before being baptized, and one of the ways to get the Holy Spirit after you've been baptized, and don't get the Holy Spirit, is to have an apostle lay hands on you. Right? There's a, there's different ways, and then Peter also says you get the Holy Spirit by obeying. Right? Can I ask you how does Jewish custom
3: that like laying hands? No clue. Where have you seen
1: that? Where have I seen it?
3: Yeah, have you about it?
1: In modern Judaism, it's not much there, okay? In, because it looks too Christian. Yeah. Yeah, remember, um, modern-day Judaism is also a reaction to Christianity, and Christianity is also a reaction to yes. Yeah, so sometimes everyone's doing the opposite, not because they've actually read a text or, or had a tradition, but they really looked at somebody else and go, oh, we, they're doing that, we shall do the opposite. Yeah. And, it's like, and that's not fair. That's actually a poor way of doing theology on both sides of the fence. Um, but it is in it's in older forms of Judaism. <clears throat> um, the pour, it's the same as the pouring on of oil. Mm-hmm. Why would you do such oh, a thing? Okay, know. the sort of the uh, idea okay, okay, of uh, yeah. yes, yeah. Like in uh, in in uh, in in Christian tradition. in in orthodox tradition as well, you lay on hands for a variety of different things, you know, for baptisms, for uh, for, for ministering to the sick, for sending people out for ministry, for um, uh, ordaining people. And then when you get to the rank of bishop, you know, uh, only bishops can ordain other bishops, and you have to have three of them minimum, right? And uh, and there's interesting pictures on the internet of all these people sticking their hands out in massive semicircles. Yeah, it's very, uh, it's a very a very powerful thing yes and there's some Greek word for it which I can't remember right now um, all right so uh, so they placed their hands on them who are the them oh these guys no yeah, it's so Barnabas and Saul yeah Saul. who else is with them
3: this guy? Uh, no. No.
1: John's there, but he doesn't say oh. that, does it? The Holy Spirit doesn't say, "Set apart for me, Barnabas, Saul." Oh, and that guy called John oh. would be great too, thanks. He he's on the same oh. level, as I'm life, but he's yeah. there, isn't he's he? There, but he's probably not given the
0: same level of authority or, authority or ordaining. Something.
1: Yeah. He's not listed as a prophet or a teacher. He's not listed as a prophet or a teacher, and, it, and when it says the them, we assume it's just Barnabas yeah. and Saul, but it could have been more. It, it, Luke could have been there by now, especially if you're running from the uh, Acts 11 orthodox side of life, okay? in which case Luke's actually watching this event. He might even be a part of this event. Right? Definitely John's there, and the text doesn't say that he is there until much later. So we have no idea how many people are being sent out. The Holy Spirit does name two heroes. And later on in the text, it will just say Paul and his companions, without naming who they are. Right? So sometimes, um, and, they're, and they're good guys. Like you think about it, one of the unnamed guys writes a gospel. Okay, yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, anyway, all right. So, the, uh, verse 4. The two of them, right? He just says the two of them, but who else is definitely there? John. John, but he's not included right now. The two of them sent on their way by who? The Holy Spirit.
3: The
1: Holy Spirit. So, how did the Holy Spirit do that?
0: What he'd already said, what he'd already told them.
1: <clears throat> <clears throat> like it, the text says, the two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. Practically, physically, what actually happened? Who sent them out? The church. The church yeah. The Holy Spirit works through the church. Community. Right? Even though we attribute it to the Holy Spirit, that the physical actual thing is humans laid hands on their brothers, prayed, commissioned. There were probably prophecies, right? You know, the prophets might be saying things that are encouraging them, or some teachers are giving them something at the end, and they pack up their kits for them. You know, mum packs some sandwiches, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, today they, they, they get a little coin purse and they sort of, you know, give them some money and send them out. And the community does it. And at the end, when it's time to record it, the Holy Spirit sent them out. But it was actually physically us. Now, isn't that a great privilege, isn't it? That the things that we're doing, and we're supporting and loving each other and doing that kind of stuff, were actually the instruments and hands of the Holy Spirit. Which is the Holy Spirit is working through a community. So already from the first of all verses, we can see that the Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. calls. Right? Right? He well, these are mine. And he has ownership, and the Holy Spirit works through a community and sends people out. Uh, in this case, we get these, uh, these two. And they go down to Seleucia and uh, they sailed there to Cyprus. So, Seleucia is the, um, the port town that's not too far away uh, from Antioch. Okay, now what did they do at Seleucia?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Most likely. Text doesn't say, it just says they went to Seleucia. Okay? And they were there for a week. They were there over the weekend. On Shabbat, they went to a synagogue. It doesn't say. Right? Yeah. What, does
2: it say? what does it say? They began to proclaim the
1: word of God in the Jewish
2: synagogues.
1: Oh, yes, that's when they get to, to Cyprus. But but the first thing is, is they went down oh, to oh, Seleucia. Cyprus. Yeah.
2: Was, was
1: at, yep, so that's the port town. And we have told nothing of what they do. But of course, this is. Paul and Barnabas here. You know? mm-hmm. They're going to do something. Yeah. Okay, could you imagine Paul saying nothing? <laughs> All right, let's not grab it's like let's, let's go have a coffee. I wait for a boat. A, a big one. would be really nice, please. I get seasick. Keep falling off these things. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, we're not told, and that's what, that's the great, interesting thing about sacred history. We say, oh, I'm going to I'm going to read the history of the church. Mm-hmm. Kind of. But it's, not, it's certainly not a complete history.
3: It's still
0: being written.
1: It's still being written. Yeah, and and large parts of it are not part of the text. I and mean, it is not there, and that's okay. What is there is obviously very important because it's called sacred history, and so we have the opportunity to study it and learn and digest, and uh, and use it as uh, as an example of how perhaps we should or should not behave. Okay, so. Uh, they, they they catch a boat and they sail to Cyprus. Why Cyprus? It's close. close. Okay, it's close. there's a
3: Jewish community, big Jewish
1: community. Why did, why didn't they go north to Tarsus? Because of the
3: synagogues in Cyprus, big Jewish
1: community. We have there's no there's we have no reason it doesn't say or why didn't they head east? Right? You know, the, the, it doesn't say the Holy Spirit told them to go to Cyprus. <laughs> they had a word of the Lord, let's go to Cyprus first. They might have
2: done, of course. It
1: could have happened. You
2: in verse 2, the Holy Spirit said, uh, set them apart for the work to which I have called them.
1: Yes, but it doesn't say what that is. Oh, yep, but he may have. But he may have, yes. So like, we were only given a little bit of informi- information. We don't know what the Holy Spirit's Also said, or what? Some of the words of prophecy. Well, there could have been a prophet right there who said, "You know, brother, brother Paul, uh, I've got a vision for you right now. I actually see you standing in the synagogue in Cyprus." Oh, I'm off. But we don't get that bit. Okay. Um, who, Who lives in Cyprus? Yes, he was a landowner of Cyprus. so why not go to Cyprus? It's yeah, his home people. turf. My people. Homies. That's his home. Yeah. We, we, need, we need to share the gospel. Who do you want to start with? Well, I'd like to start with my family, please. Okay, no worries, brother. That's exactly where we're going to go. Right? And, and wouldn't that be nice if we all tried to do the same thing? Right? Who, who, who wants to hear the gospel? Well, we want our family. We want Uncle John to know. We want, you know, Aunt Bernice to know. Um, so Barnabas is, is, well, let's go to Cyprus. I, I used to own some property there. You
2: might have
1: been a friend of Lazarus, of course. Yes, because who else is in, in Cyprus? Oh. Your Lazarus is there. Yes. So, yeah. So, after Lazarus has been raised from the dead, he doesn't stay in, in Jerusalem. He ends up getting shunted to Cyprus. Why? Because hmm. they kept trying to kill him. Hmm. Right? The text yeah. says they, they, they had to get him out of Jerusalem. Why? Because people wanted to kill the guy. <laughs> it, was like, it was really embarrassing to have this per- person who was dead walk around and tell you what he saw. Okay, um, and uh, and so Lazarus is there So it could be that there's a growing community already of believers. So where are we going to start? Let's start by hanging out within the believers and, and enlarging the tent peg slowly. Okay, and what's the Church of Antioch's responsibility to Paul and Barnabas? So the, the, the the sending church. What is the sending church's? Support. Make like money,
3: monetarily. Yep. I will pay nice for nice it.
1: Yep. And uh, and so they, they raised money to support the brothers in in uh, in Jerusalem. And here the Holy Spirit said, "You need to send out Paul and Barnabas." And so if you heard the Holy Spirit say, "You're going to send out Paul and Barnabas," their responsibility now turns into what? How we're going to support this? Mm-hmm. It's not a case of okay, Holy Spirit, I guess you'll just rain gold on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will, mm-hmm. and so this community had jobs. You know, uh, they worked. they Had their own. Continued. They grow well in Antioch. Okay. And uh, later on, they're going to uh, uh, have a thriving community with um, Thomas. He's also going to show up there, according to their tradition. Okay, on his way to India.
3: He is he a friend or a cousin? Who's it? Thomas.
1: The um, Thomas, the, the disciple, um, he's uh, I don't think he's any family relation to oh, of him. but um, the, the the Syrian Orthodox tradition is that he stayed in Antioch. Well, didn't they bit. have a
3: falling out? Is that the story? Is this the story? Am I thinking of The falling story? out,
1: the falling outs in um, of John, you mean? Yeah, John, John, John Mark, and, and Paul have a have an issue, and then Barnabas oh, and Paul have an issue. I thought
0: Thomas had an issue.
1: Uh, he's the he has several issues, <laughs> but uh, he, he, has the, he gets unfortunately given the doubting Thomas image. But remember, he was the one that said, "Let's go to Jerusalem and die with him." Right out of out of all the apostles that speak, okay, James and John they do the dumb stuff like, "Can I please sit at the, your right hand?" Okay, Thomas doesn't say that's it's silly stuff. He says, "Let's go to Jerusalem and die with him." Right? He always gets remembered for the not being in the room at the resurrection, and that's not fair. Um, but anyway, maybe he's
2: not blessed out. It's possible. Yep,
1: yep. Yeah, we have no, we have no idea why Thomas is not there at the at the at that occasion. But anyway, okay. So we're off to Cyprus. Why home turf? What do we learn? Start with what you know,
3: right?
1: Start with uh, your kin, your family. There's no need to always run off to somewhere where you don't, you know. And when they arrived at Salamis, okay, which is the, the coast, they proclaimed the word of God where? Synagogue. In the synagogue. synagogue. Okay, all right? And then it gets that note. John was with them as their helper. Okay, so he's... church sent him, like, got him to go. It's their responsibility to support. Correct. It's their responsibility to support. So they may have... Yep, that's right. So Paul Barnabas, we're commissioning you, and not only that, here are the volunteers that come with you, okay? And they're going to take care of you and, and, and look after you. So uh, 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 John's there now. Remember, John was also in the house. It was uh, you know the, his mother's house. He's in Jerusalem. He's the Jerusalemite. Right? So Jerusalem is actually as is part of the story. Oddly enough, for a little bit. All right. Um, so, in in the ancient world, particularly in the Greek-speaking communities, you had open pulpits. Okay. Less so in Israel. Right. In uh, on the in the land of Israel, the um, you had you had people who were known who could read. Actually, the Hebrew text, not everybody could. And so that would be the reader, including Yeshua, he was one of them. And then the you'd have people who would give the drushah. But not everybody could do it, okay? Um, but in the, in the Greek world, slightly different. They had um, the idea of, uh, of an open pulpit, particularly visitors who were from Jerusalem. Mm. And, you can, and you see that also in the Talmud. Uh, which is carrying on that discussion. When you get to the Babylonian Talmud, when, when people visited from Jerusalem or Babylonians visited back, they were given a platform to speak. And here you see it also in, in, the, in, 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 uh, in the text. Okay, they, are, um, they have the opportunity to proclaim the word of God in the Jewish synagogue. What do we know of their success in Salamis? It doesn't say anything, does it? Yeah, we get, we get, there's no, and there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, you know, everybody got baptized, the Word of God, you know, came to people. We saw that in Acts, chapter 10, okay? Peter walked into a house, started speaking, bang, everybody gets the Holy Spirit, okay? Paul walks into a synagogue, starts speaking, and at the end, John goes, You're bombed, man. Okay, it's like, okay, I'll do better next time. All right, but that was really bad. <laughs> um, we, we don't know. But it is interesting that the text is there and then gives you no no clue whether it was a success or not. All right.
2: It was not successful because...
1: right? Sorry?
2: Apparently it wasn't
1: successful. Yes, it's possible that it, it wasn't. Yeah. In other parts of Acts, it'll, it'll, it'll say that he had no success and he wants to leave, right? Yeah. But here it'll get nothing. Um, another thing about John Mark, which I, uh, I forgot to mention, is one year the Holy Spirit doesn't name him, but there's something very valuable that John Mark has that Barnabas and Saul do not have. What's, what's he got? He's a witness. He actually saw it. He actually was there. He was actually listed as one of the guys who ran away. Right? And the, the one who ran away naked, John Mark, uh, in the when they come to arrest Jesus, there's a little incident it just says one guy ran away. That's him. Right? And so he's actually in Jerusalem when they crucify Jesus. He's there at Passover. Why do we know that? He's got a house in Jerusalem with his mum. And uh and then so they also see the resurrection. So he's he sees Pentecost. Mm-hmm. He's seen the fire on the on the head. He's got the Holy Spirit himself. He's seen it. He's probably talked with the resurrected Jesus. I mean so is Saul, but you know Barnabas hasn't. Um, uh and, but uh, well, Paul
2: probably saw it too, right? Because he was there, he was not a believer, but he... It's he possible,
1: yeah, it's possible. Yeah, we're, we're not sure, but he also gets to vis-a-vis, he's, he has a d- discussion with Yeshua as well um, uh, with, in Acts, uh, when he has that vision sequence on his road to Damascus. But, but here, if we're going to talk about the resurrection, it's kind of cool to have a guy who actually saw it, right? So he's actually a really valuable helper. Okay? So whether he gets the lay-on-hands bit or all that kind no, of stuff, no. we don't know. But he actually is he's a, he's a good guy to have around. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And in some parts of the text, Paul is going to say, and these are our witnesses. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and it could be that it, he would have been pointing to them as they sat down next to him in the synagogue and say, mm-hmm. when I finish talking and we're all having coffee after church, go talk to these guys, because okay? they physically saw it. are very valuable having all these guys mm-hmm. around. Alright, uh, then they travel through the whole island, I mean, how big the island, uh, until they come to Paphos, and what do they do here? Uh, we get this interesting encounter with magic, right? which does exist, and in this case, who is it? Who's the magician? Bar-Jesus. Bar-Jesus, okay, or he's actually got another name, he's got a, uh, uh, an Aramaic name, Elimas, or Elima. 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 Elimas in, Elimas in Greek. Yeah. So he's a sorcerer, and he's a false prophet. So he's both magical and false. And his name is uh, Ba-Jesus, the son of, what does Yeshua mean in Hebrew? Salvation. The son of salvation. That's who he's calling himself that. I'm the son of salvation, You know, and he can do his magical tricks and whatever. Mm-hmm. But he's, um, and in, in, in Jewish tradition, they really did believe in magic. And where did magic come from? Egypt. Sorry, Egypt. Even before then, yeah, there's magicians in Egypt, and they can perform miracles, right? The first two plagues can be performed and redone by the magicians of Egypt.
3: Before mm-hmm. that,
1: It's a Jewish tradition. It's not in our Bible. It's in everybody else's Bible. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it was the angels. In the book of Jubilees, and in the book of Jasher, and in the book of Enoch, uh, it will describe that when the angels came down in Genesis chapter 6, they taught, not only did they interfere with women, um, but they also taught men. And one of the things they taught men was magic. And so that's how the witch of Aindor can summon up a a dead spirit of Samuel. How can she do this? Because she was taught this... And uh, taught this by angels. And James has a very, very interesting thing in in his epistle when he says, uh, the wisdom of heaven is like this. And he says, and the wisdom of earth is demonic. And mm-hmm. he goes, what does he mean by that? Yeah. Mean? yeah, it's demonic. And mm-hmm. what does he mean by that? What he's meaning by that is that he- heavenly wisdom mm-hmm. is is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And what was... There's what, a divine counsel yes.
3: that's an evil... That
1: and it shouldn't be here. And so the wisdom of heaven was supposed to remain in heaven. Mm-hmm. Magic does exist, but we were not meant to know it until we got there. Mm-hmm. But they brought it down here and we're not meant to know it here. And so, you know, you get all the rules in the Torah, don't have anything to do with magicians, you know? Put them to death when you find them, okay? You know, these, are, these are bad things to, to be involved with, but it is real. And Jew- Jewish people were attached to it too, okay? Um, there is a book that uh, is called Sefer Has anyone heard of it? Fair enough. I don't suggest anyone read it. It's it's called the Book of Magic or the Book of Secrets. Okay, and it's a and it's a book that describes magical spells, magical incantations, how to make um, uh, curse balls and all that kind of stuff. Um, we have it. We have a few of them in our in our um, uh, maksan actually. Um, curse balls and, and things. We actually don't have the book. Um, the tradition is it's a magical text that was given to Noah by the angel um, Raziel as part of the, the um, come down and muck up humanity move of, of uh, Genesis 6 and that it was used by Solomon to bind up demons. Okay? Uh, so in a book called The Testament of Solomon, I'm sure you've all read it, um, is a, uh, it describes how Solomon built the temple and how did he, how did he build the temple? You've, seen, you've been to see the stones underneath the, the Temple Mountain? Mm-hmm. How big are they?
3: 570
1: tons. Okay. And so you ask any engineer, how did they move that? And they will all say, don't know, it's impossible. We don't have, we don't have a machine big enough to move something that big. No?
3: no, that's the
1: thing. People keep saying, oh, rollers, yeah, fine. How'd they get it up onto the roller? Not only that, those rules were crushed. There's no possible way. They say... Yeah, they turn the tour, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they all say, yeah. But, but any engineer has no clue. So, you go down to have you look at your Jewish history books and they say that, how did Solomon build the temple? Mm-hmm. He so the books, magic. He used demons. He captured demons. He that's One of his okay. special abilities. What was it, meant? Sorry? So he said. Magic was good as well. No, 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 no. Yeah. Magic is bad. These were fallen no. angels. These are, fall- no, these are demons, not, not fallen angels. The, the fallen angels get captured according to, um, they're captured by Michael, okay, and imprisoned. And some of them occur, you get the names of some of them. Um, but the it's just a tradition, okay? And it's it's that Solomon used these secrets to imprison demons, like he was the demon slayer, and what he would do is he would make them work for him, right, as slaves, and he would make them move the big stones.
2: He said big stones cool. talking about where did he get the weight
1: from, Solomon? I don't know.
2: It's 500. Yeah. It's like a, in the Western war, well, there were big stones there, right? yeah. so it was terrible, wasn't Solomon.
1: Uh, yeah. But uh, that's the, they were talking about the, the stones for Solomon's temple were, were done by demons. And you can oh, see that... You think
3: that
1: God
0: uh, is the one who initiated the temple, right? Correct. How, how could that be? I,
1: I'm not so, saying it's true. Yes. I'm but saying it's a tradition. Tradition. Yes. And the, and,
0: the,
1: and the Muslims pick up on this idea. Because when you go to visit the Dome of the Rock, next to the Dome of the Rock is the Dome of the Spirits, the Dome of the Spirits. Exactly. Was, and, you, and you go, yeah.
3: I was in Peru a month ago, and they have megalith rocks,
0: and their stories are the same. There you go. They said that they were put there by spiritual forces.
1: Yes, and so there's no
0: other way. They yeah, I'm going
1: to suggest going that they. In the in all traditions like these there's an element of truth and what does what does Solomon end up doing what does what is his end he starts off great what's his end he's, like, he's an idol worshiper by the end
2: okay correct
1: and so you have a, you have a discussion in the Talmud that talks about um, first of all it says that when you build a sukkah you're waiting for the seven holy shepherds of Israel to come and join you Solomon is not one of them it ends with David. And the other thing is the following people have no place in the in the world to come. And it'll list people like Ahab and think and Solomon. Oh, and that's one of the big tragedies is that the guy who built the temple and ask yes and asked for wisdom. God. Yeah, so we so very... should have asked
3: for wisdom and not use the demons to build
1: it. Who knows? But the point the point is I I mean it's just a tradition, guys it's just a tradition. Right. But the point is Jewish magic is alive and well. They had it all the way back from Solomon and and beyond. Okay, you had the Witch of Endor. You have all these magicians and things. And 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 when you get into the New Testament, Jews are still messing with magic. Okay, not all of them, of course, not all of them. You know, we haven't encountered any of these guys in the temple area. Okay, but you do find it on Cyprus.
2: And it's okay. not there today because Kabbalah.
1: Correct it It, it. it does not all of it but when you start when you go into some of the Kabbalistic stuff and they start to get into the tenfold spirits of God and you go really and you're worried about me being Trinitarian oh my gosh it's It's like you know ease off dude yeah yeah, you've turned God into ten alright just. so did you say it was a a book of Solomon writings
2: of
1: Yes, there's, a, there's, called a te- there's, there's two. There's the Ode, the Wisdom of Solomon, which is actually in the Anglican Bible. Right? Um, and we do read it sometimes. Uh, it's called the Wisdom of Solomon. Yeah, It's not written by Solomon, but it's, it is beautiful wisdom literature. Um, and there's another one called the Testament of Solomon, which is not in, in anybody's Bible. Okay? It's, uh, but the book is preserved, and I can't remember where or who, who by. But it is preserved, and it's in uh, Charles Words. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Anyway, uh, the point is, magic is real. We encounter this guy. He's got himself a really cool name, and uh, and he's a false prophet, and he's got the ear of the uh, proconsul who's ruling and reigning in Cyprus, Sergius Paulus. So, who is Sergius Paulus? I hear you ask. <laughs> okay. He's the proconsul? He's an intelligent what's, man. He's an intelligent man. Um, and what's uh, what's so important about the name?
3: Paul. Paul.
1: And what do we change Saul's name to after this event? Paul. Paul. He's been called Saul right up until this point. After this, he's going to be called Paul. Right now, I, I don't know <laughs> but the text for some reason Sergius Paulus okay. pro consul
0: yeah that is here Shaul is his
1: he correct but the text is now going to switch it introduces his proconsul. consul Saul's going to talk to him I don't know and then it's going to say hey we got a Paul too yeah. 13
0: remind that he is Roman citizen. Yeah,
1: yeah. So he switches to his switch to Roman name. Switches his Roman name. Or whatever happens. Yeah. From yeah. to... Well it's yeah. here, number nine, yeah.
0: yeah. Paulus.
1: Paulus. Yeah. Yeah. In
3: English
1: So this 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 proconsul has heard of Barnabas, and note the word order still, has sent for Barnabas and Saul. He's heard of them. So they've arrived, they've been doing their teaching thing, they're in the synagogues. There's 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 this Roman proconsul who's hanging out with Jews. He got himself a Jewish pro- false prophet, so he kind of likes the Jewish wisdom. He might even be a god fearer himself already. Right? He, but he's definitely attached to to people with wisdom. So he summons them. And uh, but this guy Elimas, okay, now it gives you his Aramaic name. A- a- Elimas in Aramaic means wise magician. Okay? So it's probably more like a title than actual name. Okay? Bar Yeshua might even be, his, it's also probably his stage name. Okay, um, uh, but Elimas the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, okay, yeah, Elimas, uh, wise magician, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. What does that mean? What was the proconsul doing? <coughs> He was, he was trying to become a believer, okay? So he probably was a God-fearer. He's like, oh, this guy's gonna tell me about the Messiah. I hear about the Messiah every Shabbat when I'm in, when I'm in there. Um, I'm gonna listen. The, the the sorcerer's like, ooh, I'm gonna lose my money bag here. I've gotta stop this. So he's doing something. Um, and then it says, and we'll, and we'll sort of finish with this one. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, because we're talking, talking to another guy called Paul, Okay, Polus is Latin, Okay, Um, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elymas and said, whoa, here we go, you are the child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind and for a time you'll be unable to see the light of the sun. Okay. So, another reference to the Holy Spirit, in this case, Saul is filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Was he not filled with the Spirit before?
0: He's given a real measure of the Spirit to deal with the situation
2: at that time. All the words tumbled out of
1: him, sort of thing. Right, but what does the text say? The text says filled filled with the holy spirit so what does that mean for us this is sacred history how's the holy spirit working what's the holy spirit doing
3: or coming from that heart like i mean deeper like more
1: so here's the scenario got ourselves a guy who wants to come to faith i take that you want trying to come to faith He's got an agent working against him, trying to come to faith. We've got ourselves a hero who's now been commissioned by the Spirit. We have no idea if he's been successful yet. He might have blown it. And the Holy Spirit might be saying something like, I've got to give this guy some help. And so what does he do? But he's already got the Holy Spirit. So if you can have the Holy Spirit, yes, you can have more. more. And... So if you, if you know that you can have more of the Holy Spirit, what what do we want? More of the oh, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So it's
3: like turn up the gauge.
1: Turn it up, and so yeah. <laughs> some people will say, you know, do you have the Holy Spirit? And 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 the answer is yes. Well, do you speak in tongues? Do I have to? know
3: exactly.
1: Yeah. See, there you go. And it's like hang on, because here mm-hmm. is now full of the Holy Spirit, and he does not speak in exactly. tongues. Some people do. There are times that we've seen in the book of Acts, they were filled with the Spirit and they did speak in tongues. That's a gift. And they were yes, a gift. And there were other times they were filled with the Holy Spirit and nothing happened. And but here again, Paul, who has the Holy Spirit, he's been baptized. We know exactly what's happened. He's spoken with Jesus. Okay, now he gets filled with the Holy Spirit, probably not for the first time, and definitely not for the last time. And bang, he confronts the enemy directly very powerfully tells him exactly who he is you're the enemy you're working against the lord the lord is trying to bring this guy to faith and you are the you are the son of the devil i know exactly who you are and then he gives him a special curse what's his curse blindness, blindness. why blindness
0: so that he can blindness. see eventually
1: he was trying to blind the proconsul uh, what's his punishment uh, everything Beginnings and ends always occur in the same way and then that's that's the way it works You're trying to blind him from the truth. You are now blind And yep, yeah, and bang We're oh, done.
2: Was blind. That's blind. it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've had this I okay. know oh, exactly
1: what this is like. You get it, too. and you're not gonna like it okay. All right, and uh, you have to smell your food for the next few days, buddy So um, we'll pick it up and uh, uh, there later so, um, so what happens uh, towards the end immediately mist and darkness came over him he groped about seeking for someone to lead him by the hand and when the proconsul saw what happened he believed so the end result is yes the leader of uh, Cyprus becomes a believer. So you just imagine that they go, you know what? There's a really cool bishop in this place. His name's Lazarus. You're gonna love him, okay? You're gonna get you to meet together. Um,
3: and, John yes. and, uh, and John's like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, uh,
1: and they go, thank you for being around. You were great. You were really good, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're here. Um, and we, have, we, have, we have no idea. But, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a believing community on the island. Where there's actually including some high-end players now uh, Lazarus is there, this proconsul is there uh, at the moment Saul and Barnabas are there Cyprus is, you know, a place to be uh, in, in, in the, the emerging, emerging community Okay, all right So, um, great, good Thank you very much, guys
0: Thank you for listening If you've been blessed by this teaching Let us know by leaving a comment on our Facebook page or leaving a review in iTunes. You can offer practical support to Christ Church Jerusalem by clicking the Donate Now button on our Facebook page. Thank you and blessings from the City of the King.